scripture reading today is from Matthew 12, verses 15 to 21. When Jesus became aware of this, he departed. Many followed him, and he cured all of them, and he ordered them not to make him known. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved, with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not wrangle or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed or quench a smoldering wick until he brings justice to victory. And in his name, the Gentiles will hope. This, this passage that, uh, that was just read, it starts out with the, 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 the phrase, Jesus knowing this, you know, and then it's, so it's a continuation. We always, uh, we like to take pieces of the Bible and say that this is a thing and we number them and all this kind of stuff, but it's one long letter story, all that kind of stuff. It all bridges together. So I want to catch us up to where we were before. Last time when we joined Jesus, he was um, doing stuff where, and the, what happened was is that the Pharisees uh, started to plot against him. And so now we hear Jesus being aware of this, okay? So that's the, the, where we, we've left off, the continued part. And what's happened is that uh, the book of Matthew is originally a book that was written uh, with Israelites in mind. It was, it, that was the intended audience were people that knew the history of the Old Testament, that knew the lineage, that knew this, you know, uh, coming of the Messiah and all this kind of stuff. And so uh, when he's quoting the prophecies and stuff, he's actually uh, verifying again that this is the guy that you've been waiting for. The funny thing is the timing of this, because the Pharisees were plotting against him. This is a time when you would want to say, no, truly he is the, the, the called one, he is the, the chosen one for the Israelites. But instead, he quotes Isaiah on a text where he's talking about being there for the Gentiles. The Gentiles were people that were not of the Israelites. They were considered pagans. They were considered uh, outsiders, less than. They, they were actually, uh, if you're not of Jewish lineage, you were a Gentile then, and that's, that's what you were. You were on the outside. It's amazing how many churches have, uh, you know, us in it, but we weren't invited to the party at the, at the very start. Uh, Jesus is saying, I'm here for every single person. That means the people of Israel. That means the other people. And this is a time where in this part of the book where the, if I was writing a story, if I was writing like a drama, the, 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 the Pharisees plot, started plotting against him. And Jesus, the next line is, he's aware of this. Now, this is where I would put in some chest pounding. Uh, we, you know, chest pounding is a very primitive thing, but it's very modern too. We love to pound our chest. You know, we just, you know, that makes you tough, doesn't it? Look at me, I slapped a boob right there. That's me. I just bang. You know what? Why are we, why is that a sign of anything? It hurts. And so that's why I don't do it. I'm a wuss. But yet that's what we want to do. So this is a prime opportunity where we would say, you know, Jesus knew this. 
pounds his chest, and he goes over there, and he says, I know what you're thinking. And they say, why? How do you know what I'm thinking? He says, because I'm Jesus. And then he starts to strut, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And the, the people gather around him, ooh, he knows what we're thinking, and all this kind of stuff. And th th there's your plot right there, and there's your story. It's a movie of the week, right? But he doesn't do that. He doesn't even do that. The, the things that he does does not make the headlines at all. I don't know who his publicity agent was. But I'm sure he was scratching his head and just thinking, that's not the way that I would have done that. When we first started this church, it was all about, uh, you, we, you get advice. When you're starting a church, it's like having the hiccups. Everybody has a cure, and everybody wants to tell you what you're supposed to do and what you should be doing and all that kind of stuff. And they, a lot of the things that people tell you are really gimmicky, you know? What you need is a, is a, a wall that that moves and things like that. You need smoke and you need, you need a rocking band. You know, you need all of this kind of stuff and you need, you know, bells and whistles and lights and all of this kind of stuff. And also the thing that you need the most is your advertising has got to have a grabber in it. It's got to have a grabber. And that has stuck with me for the longest time. Whenever we do a sermon, we do the live that people are watching right now, but a lot of people will watch later on in the week and we separate the, the message, the sermon, and we play that later. And sometimes I will scratch my eyes out trying to figure out what the, the headline should be because that's the grabber. You know, you got to have something there that says something that will make people want to click on it. Clickbait is what they call it. And so I'm always thinking about, okay, well, what do I, you know, because I want to be you know, deep and simple and all that stuff. I want to say what the sermon's about, but I also, you got to have that, that thing that where people are scram scrolling through, you know, they get that and they say, oh, I've got to click and see what that's about. And so I, I thought with this one, with this sermon here, like for instance, if I take this, this is water. <laughs> it does make me funnier, but... <laughs> Okay, so if I take this and take a drink of this, we can now post this, Pastor Drinks in Church. <laughs> That's a grabber, isn't it? That might be the thing that, you know, gets people. Or I could take this. I could take this pen here, you know, and then I could, I could give it to you. I could lose it. So now we have this. Pastor loses it. <laughs> That's a you know, you put that on a thing, people are going to click and say, oh, I've got to see what that's all about. Do me a favor. Could everybody look at that monitor there? There you go. Church turns back on pastor. Right there. So I have a number of things now, thanks to you guys, that I can put now for this sermon that will have people click and bait and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> In the time of Jesus, that's what the Israelites were also hoping for. They were not hoping for clickbait, but they were hoping for that headline, that thing that said, this is the chosen one. This is the Messiah. They were people that had been you know, persecuted and, and squashed down, and they were living under this regime of this, the Roman people. And what they were hoping for, what they had read for almost 5,000 years, is the coming of the Messiah. And to them, the Messiah was going to free Israel. What does that mean? To them, it meant annihilating the enemy. It meant persecuting those that had pushed them down for so many years. 
The, the, the Israelites had a saying, it's a little similar to what Jesus uh, used to say, but it's a little bit different. See if you can notice the difference. Love those that love you, hate those that hate you. That was the same. That was part of their culture. Love those that love you, hate those that hate you. So we've kind of even tweaked that even more. We like to say, love those that you enjoy loving, hate those that you hate. And that's the people that were building the culture that Jesus has now stepped into. And they say that he is the chosen one. So that means, guess what? He's going to love those that love us, and he's going to hate those that hate us. He's going to annihilate the Romans. He's going to squash everybody. He's going to make a, a big just dump, dumpster fire of all the things that we hate. And he's going to build that kingdom of Israel. And we're going to stand with the people that we love. And we're going to sing Kumbaya and all that kind of stuff. And the Romans are just going to cry. And it's going to be a happy time. That's the headline they wanted. Messiah comes, Rome falls. Messiah comes, Gentiles fall. Messiah comes, kingdom full of people we love, excluded are the ones we hate. You know, does this, does this uh, hunger for this, does this ring any bells in today's climate? Are we still looking for that? We, we, we look for not necessarily the, um, I, I guess, the Messiah. We look for politicians that will love those that love us, hate those that hate us. We look for people and leaders in our communities that will uh, be able to have our comforts and the people that we like, but exclude the ones that we don't. We want that headline. And a lot of politicians love to say those headlines, don't they? They love to say words. They love to say, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and all that kind of stuff. And they talk trash about other people in the process. Either their opponent or it could even be the people that they're against. It's not too far to find a headline and a dialogue in a video, in a, in a blog, in a post that is somebody saying, this is what you should be afraid of and here's the cure. You should be afraid of it because they're going to take away everything that you own. The cure is get rid of them. That's the headline. It hasn't changed for 2,000 years. That's what they wanted 2,000 years ago when Jesus first said and started performing these miracles and they started to talk about that this guy is the guy that we've been waiting for. This is what's going to happen. Love those that love us. Hate those that hate us. But Jesus was funny. He always liked to turn things like this. He always said, you know, I'm going to build Israel. I'm going to, I'm going to build the kingdom. But he, he knows that they're plotting against him. He knows that the word is coming out about him being the Messiah, him being the chosen one. He knows that those headlines are being written. He knows that the word about the power is getting out before the action. And so he says, uh, why don't you just watch what I do? Instead of telling people who I am right now, 
Let's look at what I am. Let, let's look at just what I, what I do. And so he continues on in Matthew, and he starts to heal people and starts to care for people. And he tells them, at this time, don't tell them who I am because I want my actions to match what I'm saying. When it comes time for me to, to tell you who I am, I want those actions to be backing it up. A lot of times we love to say things. We love to get those headlines. We love to, to, to argue things and to say things and talk about things, and we love to pound our chest, but we don't have the actions to back it up. We love as Christians to say, Jesus loves everyone. And then we go to the store and say, man, that person's a jerk. We love to do that. We love to say that Christ is our Savior, but sometimes our actions are just the opposite. This is a point in Matthew where he is telling people, don't tell them who I am. Watch what I do. And he starts to do something that is revolutionary to people. So revolutionary that some of his followers begin to take a step back. The religious leaders start to plot against him, and some of the believers start to question what he's doing. Because what he's doing by his actions are not the power grabs. He is not here to pound his chest. He is not here to eliminate Rome. The actions that he shows as the king of all kings is to find people in need and to help them. At this point in this history, he's saying, don't tell them who I am, just watch what I do. And the actions that he does is by feeding the poor, by healing those that are hurting, by reaching out to people that are on the outside, by bridging the gap between this culture and this culture, by breaking every barrier that everybody was afraid to break. Culture barriers, race barriers, gender barriers, all of those barriers Jesus was about. You got a barrier? I'm going to break it. Watch what I do. If you want to know what the definition of power, kingdom, all of this stuff is, watch what I do. And that's what he starts to do. Now, we know how the story ends because we've, we've seen it. You know, it's, we've seen the Easter story and all that kind of stuff, you know, where we, you know, he's blonde and he comes out and he says, hey, look at this, you know. And so we can say Jesus' name. A lot of times we fear that because the people that are spouting Jesus' name, their actions aren't matching what they're spouting. But this is the time where we as, as Christians should be saying the name of Jesus. The only difference is, the only difference is, Jesus is not a chest pound for us. We've confused that. We think that Jesus is all about a chest pound. I'm a Christian. That means I'm better than you. That means I get to repress you. That means I get to judge you. That means all of this hateful stuff that is not the action that Jesus gave in this story. When we proclaim Jesus, are our actions matching the things that we say? Is what we're doing matching who we tell the world that we are? Because if it's not, if you're hurting somebody, if you're harming somebody, if you are not progressing love, 
you're not acting like the person you say you follow. If we are truly Christian, people should know that by the way that we act, by the way that we love God, by the way we devote ourselves to things like church, by the way that we love ourselves, and by the way that we love our neighbor. That's who we are. Maybe this is the time that we say, it's not about the headlines. It's not about the chest pounding. It's about the love of Jesus Christ. I proclaim it. Now watch me demonstrate it. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, help us to see the things that you did. Help us this week to step back from the, the things that, uh, the names and the labels and proclamations, but let's just focus on the things that you did, reaching out to people, welcoming people that never felt welcomed, loving all. Help us to focus on that and help us to emulate that. Help us to be that. Help us to learn more every day how to love you more, how to love ourselves more, and how to love our neighbors. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.